welcome to the Fully Known Podcast, where we press in to learn more about God, to fully know Him in our lives as He fully knows us, and to just get in and add, you know, what He wants for us to our lives. Amen. I'm your host, Christian Carter. I'm Solana Ruffin, authentically speaking. And my wife is in it this week because we're talking about marriage. There you go. Talking about marriage because this is uh this is uh Valentine's week. So I figured we have her get on. And then we have baby Maverick too. <laughs> and he's like kind of sleepy. Let's get into it. So, what, so far, what do you know that, um, that are the guidelines and the guides from what God says about marriage? What does God say to you about marriage? What is it? What do you mean, what is it? What does God tell you that marriage is? It's a covenant. Okay. It's a it's a bond. It's a it's more than just a contract or commitment. It's a it's a in depth bond. It's a making of two into one. So when we talk about marriage, we we have to consider that it's deeper than just a friend or a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's a it's a deeper level of um, commitment and also a deeper level of growth. It's a deeper level of understanding and depth of a relationship. So it becomes you. This person and this person, when they get married, that becomes you. And it becomes them. They become new, a new person to combine into one, becoming new. You become one new entity. I don't want to say body, but you become a new well, That's pretty much what it is. Here on Earth, wise, at least. Doesn't it say that... Uh, there's no marriage in heaven because you you become new when you go to heaven. You're not going to be the same person. You take on a, a different form. So if you take on a different form, or you if you take on a different life or a different form when you get married, then when you go to heaven, you get a whole nother. Yeah. Okay. What does he say that marriage is to? Well, I would say, like she was saying, it unites. Like, pretty much when you get married, you got to put God first in your marriage. So, 
where you and I'm gonna explain it. Um you need to put him first, so if God's not first and he's not the center of both of our lives, then I mean how will you be married? So it's like the same thing that we said in the last episode. Marriage comes from not only just you love somebody so you get married. Correct. But if you get married and you don't have God first in that marriage, then there ain't no love in it. Therefore, what? The marriage is supposed to be void? I mean, eventually I don't think you'll be together long if it's not. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. There's a lot of people that are married mm-hmm. and have successful marriages. That's because they built on the principles of of the standards of marriage. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily have true love. No, they don't. As it should be. No, what I'm saying is. Which is with God. Yeah. They don't have that structure, that foundation. God. I mean, how can people? I mean, do they that, do, though? but they don't, because they're building on the principles that God set forth. But if they don't have, if they don't necessarily, so there's a lot of people out here that don't go to church, they don't believe in religion, they don't, mm-hmm. um, but they have successful marriages. But when you know, so, when we say our vows, because people still say their vows, right? When not even in the church, sometimes they just. They say it, and they don't really, I mean, they go off of it, but they're not looking at it as good as in um, God says before that. Before God and before people. Correct. Or, you know. A lot of them write their own vows now. So, they've gotten away from those traditional. Vows? Um, yeah, from the traditional vows that we become accustomed to, that we we know as, as in a marriage ceremony so but again they still build on the principles that god has set forth and that's what keeps their marriage sustainable so in a way it is but it isn't Mm -hmm. so you can you can live by the principles of of god and not claim God. Yeah, that's what, so that's, that's what, what a lot of about. people do in their marriages that that don't necessarily put God first. They still build off the principles for marriage that causes them to be successful. And then a lot of marriages really aren't successful. They just stay together. So they're like pretend. Well, sometimes the marriage is more beneficial in other ways, business-wise right. and right. parents-wise. It may life. be more... And that happens in the church, too. There's a lot of pastors and first ladies that... They just pretend. ...really are not doing good together, and they just stay together because it looks good for the church. And... Well, I mean, if you're going to go to church, you're going to preach, right? Why not pray about your marriage? Why not go to counseling? Or other things like that, so your marriage can be sustained. I mean, 
I hear off the podcast all the time. There's nothing wrong with going to counseling. Yeah, but a lot of people don't want to do it. Because they're scared? No, because they don't want to deal with their own issues. That's why a lot of people don't go to counseling or therapy. Because they don't want to have to deal with themselves. And that too. But... I mean, but you want to be married. Don't you want to... I mean, I know it's expensive, but maybe make a way. I mean... You got married and divorces. God says he doesn't like divorces, so. That's expensive, too. <laughs> I mean, so. he said those vows. Why not commit to trying different things to at least try to get together? You married that person. We change all the time, yes. We're not okay. going to be the same, but. Yeah, you're going to change. But then, the, again, like we're trying to fully know God as he fully knows us and what he has and what he already wrote out to guide us in, in all of it. We have guidelines for marriages and and godly households. Correct. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot that he already told us what he needed to do. There's a lot that, there's a, a whole lot that goes into it and there's a lot more um, depth to it than people actually take the time to go into. This is why um, it's so key and so important to have marriage counseling before you actually get married so that you can be aware of a lot of the things that you're going to be getting into and going to be having to experience. That's another one. That's Michael right there. I remember when, yeah, well, before we got married, Pastor had us sit in and talk to him about why we want to get married. Tim Ross cracks me up because he says when he used to do uh, premarital counseling, um, he said when he did his premarital counseling, his whole goal was to break the marriage. He goes. He does. He goes into it with the objective to break them up. If they would stand through it, then they're good. If they break up, then that means whatever made them break up during that premarital counseling was gonna come up in the marriage. Mm-hmm. They and so, if it was gonna, if it was gonna break it, it was gonna break it eventually. So if you can't get through. Everything, all the trying to break you up, if you can't get through that, then it's going to come up after you're married, and then it's going to be a lot worse. I mean, yeah. I didn't think about it like that. And and that's what a lot of, I've heard um, of the pastor say that as well, when you come into counseling, they're going to go through all of this stuff to see if they can work you how you're going to respond to it, how you're going to um, handle these different situations. Because in marriage, you're going to go through a lot of different things. You're going to go through ups, you're going to go through downs, you're going to go through situations, you're going to go through life, you're going to go through growth. You're going to go through all of that stuff. And so you have to be able to find find your person that you will be able to go through all of these things with 
and and sometimes that get hard because we don't know what situations we're going to face. You have no idea what situations you're going to face from the day you say I do to the end of your life. <laughs> you don't know what you're going what's going to be, you know, coming your way and how you're going to deal with it. So, you have to you have to be able to find someone that can and is willing to go through those things with you. That's going to be willing to um, help you walk through it, try to understand. And sometimes, and, and I believe this is, this is really why, you know, the divorce rate is so high, is because people go through certain things and some things, People just can't handle. They just can't handle it. And so, some seasons in life and during marriages, you may have a lot of different things that's thrown at you at the same time. And so, when you're when you're going through this whirlwind of different things, sometimes you just one will just break. And sometimes one will just carry too much of the load and burn out. So it's 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 very important that you continuously you gotta keep going and keep working and you gotta keep and the one thing I would say is forgiveness is your strongest, strongest, strongest. Well then that's also wise extremely important to stay within the will of God in your marriage and in everything that you do because he's going to keep you grounded and his will be done anyways and his will is always what is best for us so as long as we're staying in, within the will of God and we're striving to live righteously and follow what his guidelines are for us, then we'll turn out all right. True. But how easy is that? Like, to just, it's easy to say that, but it can get difficult in spots when you're walking it through. And I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's not, it can't be done, but what I'm saying is in a marriage, Y'all not going to always be up at the same time. And y'all not always going to be down at the same time. So you may have one that's, you know, they're, they're in a strong point and they're in, in there. And then the spouse would be at a weaker point where they're like, man, this is a lot. God, what is happening? What is we doing? I don't know if I want to do You know what I'm saying? I don't do this. So... It's easy to say we got to stay grounded, but sometimes it's hard to do that. And and that's just, I'm going to say that for me personally, like in life in general, as an individual, even outside of a marriage, as an individual, there's times when I struggle and I'm just like, look now. Okay. <laughs> and so... When you think about that, 
and you have a spouse that you're dealing with, sometimes we have to we have to give them grace in those moments. In in those moments when they're not as strong. You have we gotta learn how to give grace. Mm-hmm. It is hard. I mean, especially like when you're trying to understand what the other person said and you don't understand it. And it's like, okay, I'm going to try to do it this way, but you're trying to be just like your spouse. You can't be exactly like them because you're, you're two different like people. You think not alike all the time. They your brain develops like differently. So if you look, you read the Bible and you got this from the Bible and I read it and I didn't get that same exact thing, how can you be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from and I right. don't know what you're coming from. Because I'm like, this doesn't sound right. Or you are you trying to explain to me like Christian does? He does it all the time, and I'm like, that don't make sense. Um, okay. And then I'm like, I still don't get it. Let me read it, that's and then the, I still the don't get it. So it takes me. I know, but it um it makes sense to you, <laughs> but it don't make sense to me. And I'm like, okay. And then you're like, well, I read these different versions, and I'm like, I just. That's what I was telling you when you when you okay so when you're confused and you don't have direction i always say every situation that you're ever going to come across is going to be the answer is found in the book so when you go and read the book and you're like this don't make sense i don't understand what it's saying Mm -hmm. go get a different version Different version is going to say clearer or less clear. Well, you just I mean, have to find the one that, that makes sense. Books never been my go-to. I've been neither. always a virtual person. Like, I can see it. Visual. But, yeah, but mm-hmm. that book, it's like, what? Even if it's explaining to you just perfectly, I'm like, still. I wish, you know, when we was reading, when we were watching The Chosen, I kind of like watching the how the Bible is. You're just watching it. Now, that would be cool to have the entire Bible. Actually showing you. To have the entire Bible. Like, the entire Bible converted to cinema. That would be nice. Like, the complete cinematic Bible. That would take, like, 30 years to produce. That would be crazy. Go ahead. And it would take like thirty billion dollars to produce. <laughs> thirty billion dollars in like thirty. Years. Uh, okay, so are you getting the vision? Hopefully somebody, hopefully somebody sees this clip or whatever, or this part and does it. Listen, extreme billionaire. When God gives a vision, you don't have to wait for no no billionaires to do it. And then what you gonna do? Which me? What you gonna do? And nothing stopping from writing the script. The script right here. Okay. I'm talking about. I'm not talking and about. Then, Cinematic form. I was going to say, I'm talking about literally line for line acting the entire Bible. Yeah, I mean, including the Psalms, 
Listen. Including the songs of Solomon. Listen. But some of that stuff in the Bible gets like detailed. I'm saying obviously <laughs> don't go. I I'm mean, saying obviously don't act out uh uh and so and so well you had so and so and so and so had so and so and so and so had Well so-and-so. you said that's a genealogy. Yeah. You, but I mean, you can portray that still. Yeah. Of course. I mean, you, obviously, we don't have to show giving birth to each individual because that's a lot. But I mean, you could still portray that. Like what you was reading the other day, he had to kill that one dude. What was he reading? Oh, First Kings. Oh my goodness, that, that was. That nugget is a good story. Read that. Um, So, we're talking about the story uh, when uh, King David was getting ready to die. And, uh, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, It's gone. I'm going to get it. I'm about to say, you got He's your Bible, Bible right in your lap, bro. Okay. He was really sitting there telling me, too, when I was listening. And he was because like, listen, you person. would be amazed at these stories that's in the Bible. Okay, 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 okay. I know, 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 I know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tripping me out when I was, when I was, uh, because, so, this man, you, everybody knows King David. You know, David and Goliath, you know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bathsheba, all, all that. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows King David. Mm-hmm. He got old, and you know, the son who he had with Bathsheba, and he took out old boy because he's trying to hope, uh, cover it up and everything. Cause didn't he cheat on his wife? He didn't have no wife. So who whose wife was he? It was, uh, I don't remember what his name was. Um, okay, but the story with that was, you know, uh, she was married. She was, she married. was married. She, he, her husband was in, in the military mm-hmm. and he seen her bathing out his window or whatever and said, who is that? So then him as king, he slept with the girl. She got pregnant. Then he's like, "Oh snap!" She married, was you know, her husband. So he calls her husband back home, um, and tries to trick him into going to sleep with his wife, so that he'll think that that's his kid. He was like, "No, I can't do that to my brothers. They're out there fighting, and I'm, you know, home with my wife." Enjoying my wife, that's not cool. I'm not gonna do it. I'll just chill out here until time to go back out. So then King David was like, Dang, I can't trick him. So he uh he sent him back out to war, but he put him on the front line so that he would die Mm -hmm. and he'll never find out. So did he die? Yeah, he went, he sent him back out to war on the front line and he killed him, got down. And so, the baby was King David's baby. So, yeah, the baby was King David's baby, but the dude never found out because King David sent him to die. 
to cover it up. That's crazy. This is how they assassinated. They was ratchet back then, too. I mean, I'm going to sit yeah. and do that. <laughs> but you know, they kill people like that. <laughs> that okay, that wasn't even, that wasn't even what we were getting at. That was just right. the backstory Whoa. of that. For anybody, that's a crazy story, too. Go back in there and read that. Go back in there and read that. That's a crazy story, Listen, too. Man, it's some but stories in there. I'm telling you. It's entertaining. And then, but it's real. So, anyways, King David, that King David, that same dude, that son that he had with her was Solomon, right? Yeah, Solomon, which would later be King Solomon. The King Solomon that's known as the greatest king that there ever was, the wisest king that there ever was. A lot of people don't know why they call him that, but that's Bible too. It's another story. Um, but anyways, so when King David was old... When he was old, uh, Michael, we talk about somebody else killing somebody in the Bible. Not video games. Um, that's that's a cheaper regular game. That's a scary game. You want to play that upstairs? No, that's a scary game. Don't play scary games. Change it, Michael. Thank you. But, anyways. Um, so, King David's son that he had with Bathsheba, uh, which was Solomon, which would later be the King Solomon, the wisest uh, king that there ever was, the greatest king there ever was. Um, so it said, King David was getting old, and his body was dying, and so... Um, his servants got a woman who, uh, a young virgin woman, to sleep in the bed with him, not like that, but just to sleep in the bed with him to keep his body heat up, because his body couldn't keep its temperature yeah, anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, as he was getting ready to die, this man, Adonijah, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But this man, Adonijah, out here in the kingdom, he was like, oh, David, oh, King David, oh, I'm king. So he self-proclaimed himself as king. Oh, yeah. Didn't they change, didn't they make him, um, didn't he become king before, because? He self-proclaimed himself king, and he got a little following, everybody following him around as king, okay? King David's uh, uh, servants got word of that, and they were like, uh, what? Like, <laughs> who said you was king, bruh? What is he doing, bruh? And then, so Bathsheba found out, and um, King David had already promised her that her son, Solomon, would be the next king when he died. So then she went to... Um, King David, and she was like, hey, didn't you promise me that my son Solomon was going to be the next king when you die? So why is this man running around here 
and he's king. King David was like, oh, really? <laughs> All right, bro. I got something for you. Since you want to be out here, since you want to be out here wilding like, like, like you really call the shots around That's here. That's what we do. <laughs> how about this? Before I even die, I'm about to put my boy up here. So he said, take him down on, you know, take him down. You know, on my horse and take him down and bless him as king and put him on my throne. Because back in the day, once you go down on the king's horse and you get blessed by the um by the high priests and stuff, mm-hmm. and you sit on the throne, then you are officially king. So he was like, since he want to be, since Adonijah want to be walking around here like he owns something, like he called the shots or something. I'm just going to go ahead and make Solomon King right now. Yeah, let me just go ahead and do this. So I want no mistaking. Because nobody can walk around here talking about King. So, they did that. Boom, boom, boom. He made Solomon King. Adonijah found out and he got spooked. (laughs) He was like, oh, snap. They about to come get me. So, he he ran and went into the temple. Because back in the day, you like you could not kill nobody in the temple not even really if you were a king cuz that was just no you, you didn't do that it was like cuz you know if you kill somebody out on the streets the 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 king and the officers and what no they're going to handle you okay but they believed um if you kill somebody in the temple God go handle you because that's his temple and that's right. not where you that's a sacred place you don't play not, you don't kill nobody in a sacred place in a holy place so this man out of Niger went and ran in the temple yeah, and they to hide so they couldn't get him so um King Solomon sent his peeps out to go get him to go find him mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like that. King Solomon wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna kill him. He was just like, Hey man, you see, he just found him and he and Solomon was like, Hey man, you see what's up. Now take your butt home. <laughs> Go home because you see what's up now. Yeah. So he thought he was gonna kill him, but he just told him to go home. King David this is where we was talking about. King David went in and he, uh, before he died, like right before he died, he was telling Solomon, there's a few people that need to get handled before you can really fully step in um, as king. Like, like he's already king, but he was like, before your, before your reign as king can really go forth before people really gonna take you serious there's a few people that you gotta handle and so it was a guy who um and let's see he said uh got it I got it It says, uh, I'm about to go. Okay, so this is uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, 
He said, when, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong and act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Okay, so he was telling them, you know, stick with the stick with God, stick with the Lord, mm-hmm. and you know you're gonna be all right. So then he goes on and he says, um, now you yourself know what Joab, son of Zeruah, did to me. What he did to the two commanders of Israel's armies, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He killed them, shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle. And with that blood, he stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Deal with him according to your wisdom. This the part that had me. <laughs> this, the line, this that line that was mad gangster of David. He said, He said, deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. He said, he said, handle that fool. And when you handle him, make sure he don't go out easy. He said, when you take him out, don't let him die peacefully. Handle him. (laughs) I was like, yo. This man, David, went out, like, he went out heavy with it. He said that about a couple people. Um, he said what he said. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's saying, and remember you have with you, um, and remember, you have with you uh, Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjamite from uh, Bahurim, who called him down, who called down bitter curses on me the day I went to uh, Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by sword, by sword. But now. Do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do with him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. He said, take that fool out too. <laughs> he said, he said, get him too. It's like they want these people to get chopped up. David was like, get him, get him, and get him. Get like, go ahead and kill him. Bruh. We got time for them people no more. I was like, yo. <laughs> that's crazy. Now, that that included um th- so that was uh Joab that was Shimei and uh that was um Adonijah. For what he did, trying to take the, trying to claim the throne. Mm-hmm. First one to go, 
had it been uh first one that had to go was Adonijah. And that one right there was Savage too. So he came to uh we just really just doing Bible study. <laughs> go ahead. So um this man came out um this man uh Adonijah came to Bathsheba, which is Solomon's mom, King Solomon's mom, and he was like, uh, well, she said, you know, do you come in peace or do you still got, you know, yeah, you still beef. got beef with, uh, with the king. He's like, no, 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 I don't want no problem. So he asked Bathsheba, remember that woman that, um, that was, uh, King David's pretty much caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, I don't need, I only come to ask for her. That's it. But if I ask him, he gonna say no. Mm-hmm. But if you ask him, you know how it goes. <laughs> if I ask him, he gonna say no. Mm-hmm. If you ask him, he might say yes. So can you ask him for me? And that's all I want. And she was like, "You're you're right. If you ask him, he's gonna say no." <laughs> she was like, "All right, well, um, but you didn't even answer your long question. Mm, you didn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, because now we in here, and this, this is good. This is good." Um, so she said, yeah, I'll do it. And then she came to him and was like, I have a small request. You know, don't say no. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, okay, well, Adonijah, he just wants he just wants the girl. You know, King David, he's gone, so there's really no need for her. That's all he wants. Is he wants to marry her. Which that was a whole okay. So marriage, marriage. Since we were supposed to, to be on marriage, I just throw in this marriage. Back in the day, back in the book, uh, marriage was not really exactly the same as it is now. You just back in the day, they was just liable to just up and marry any old body because you just seen them and you like how they look and you just I want that one. Mm-mm. But now we these days we got time to get to know mm-hmm. somebody and all that. But in, back in the day, right, the marriage didn't they say the husband oh. run everything pretty much? The wife had to do what the husband said, um, and right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In reality, that's how it's supposed to be today, but it's just different. I mean, it's just way different. There was a reason why. That, there's a reason why it's supposed to be like that, but marriage is not really th- those. Okay, so those um, those uh, that direction that guide that God gave us on marriage is not actually lived out how it should be these days, and so the whole point of the wives 
submitting to their husbands and the husbands being the head of the house and really making most of the decisions and what the what the man saves goes it was not i'm the man and i'm the husband so what i say goes it was structured that way god structured that for marriage that way because it's supposed to be the wife submits to her husband and the husband submits to god if the husband don't submit to God, what he says is invalid already. A woman is not going to submit to a man if he's not submitted to God. Because what he says is, gonna, is coming from his own brain. Which is not right. But Brian, I cannot. I mean, I, I it's to guard your heart above all else. It's because your heart is deceitful. So, so why did they take it over board on it then? Because it was like, if your wife didn't do this, you beat them. The Bible says to beat your wife? No, but I mean... I was about to say, I, I didn't read that part. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Reality, but, that's, but that's how what she's saying is that's where it's but like back in the day. Like think about it. That's the level it, that it, it had. It how far back in the day? I'm saying far far back in the day. Like that's what they start doing. In reality, that happens today. But that that just answered that the the same thing I said was the answer to that question. Because they're not submitted to God. They're not leading their household with direction from God. They're not following what they're supposed to follow in direction from God. Correct. And that's and that's kind of where Because if you that are got off that is that they took that if that you are submitted and then to they God did it in their not, own mindset. Well, you know, if you are submitted and following direction from God, you're not going to beat your wife. Nope. So pretty much they said, okay, I'm the head of the household and kind of just like forget what God said and do what they want to do to their wife. And then you need to clean my house. You need to do this. You're going to sit at home. I'm going to do all the work. Well, also at the same time, back in that day, a, a woman didn't really need to work because... Um, the men work, right? No, because um, cost of living was nothing. It didn't cost that much to live. So you didn't need two incomes to survive. W one man can go and work, and y'all got more than what y'all need. Right. Cost of living was nothing compared to what you could make. Right. That's not the same these days. In most cases, a married house, especially with kids, the woman can't sit at home. In most cases, in most cases, some some situations, yeah. But in most cases, the woman can't just sit at home with the kids all day, because the bills ain't gonna get paid. I mean, yeah, that's because the cost of living today. Oh. It's way different from the cost of living in the Bible. Not that part. I'm telling you. Way me. different. It just won't stop going up. It seems like every year it goes up some more. So, like two, three hundred dollars. So, 
yeah, it, it's 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 something. But anyways, yeah. a lot of that so, stuff was taken yeah. out of, um, like she said, a lot of that stuff was taken out of context in order to control their, their vibe. And so you have clear instructions on how things are supposed to go. Now the man was the head of the household because God one created him first. Mm -hmm. And then he also gave him the responsibility for caring for everything else. And so if he has the responsibility of taking care of and providing for, then that's where the rest of it comes in at. Mm -hmm. So it's not just he was just head of household just so he could be in charge of everybody. He was given responsibility. Right. And so what we see now today is people want the position, but they don't want the responsibility that goes along with that authority. Just like it's the same as if you go to church, you have a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. If that pastor has certain responsibilities to his congregation that a lay person doesn't have, a first lady doesn't have. Right. There's responsibility that comes along with that, with that position. Mm -hmm. And so God holds them at a higher standard of accountability as well for what they is their authority. Mm -hmm. Michael, you want to go like, close with that over there? Like, please. Oh, Because no. you're right in so front of the mic. Nowadays, when you read the Bible, completely. And you're reading the Bible, and it does still say, you know, husband is the head of household, mm -hmm. and you know, he's supposed to guide us and his family. I mean, and we're given direction. And that. give direction. Right. Yeah, correct. No, the Bible gives the man direction yeah. if he's in it. Yep. So if, were, if the woman. In the Bible, the Bible. We're in the, what are we supposed to do? I know we're supposed to take care of the family, also. Do you want to read it? What do I want to so, read it? So, okay, so you know, the main, the really big thing that everyone always points to when you ask that question what is the what is the woman supposed to do in a marriage? What is the wife's supposed to do? Dude. What is our job? I mean, it okay, so Proverbs 31 explains exactly what a woman, you know, a woman's supposed yeah, to do. First mm -hmm. And then uh, that guidance that I was telling you the Bible gives the man is found in the whole book. <laughs> but I hear a reference to Ephesians 5 a lot. Um, but you can do, you can do Proverbs 31. I'm, I'm, I'm reading. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant 
ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women, women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Okay. What did you get? Me? You asking me or you asking... You curse. Okay, curse. so what our role is, is we're supposed to care for the household, and we're supposed to take care of our husband. So, if that means that we have to put our hands to work to ensure that we have all the things that we need to, to make sure that everybody in our household is good, that's what we do. So... We we're we're the caregivers for the children. Yes. We we know that that we you know that's why. She's the one who makes the baby. We we are we and we are to we are to ensure that our husbands are good. So that's what we the do Bible cooking. And we do mm -hmm. the cleaning more. So, like, when they're working pretty much, um, they don't have to come home and have to be worried about having to eat or fold their clothes or have to worry about We, the we keep our families fed yes. and clothed mm -hmm. and prepare our homes and we care for the children. So, the hierarchy is God first, then the husband. He's supposed to be the protector and the provider. And then the woman is underneath that, who is the caregiver mm -hmm. and the nurturer. Correct. We care for the household, and then the children come after that. Right. So that's the hierarchy. Now, what happens in in this generation and this time is we get that out of order. 
So what happens is you have the man who is not submitted to God. Mm-hmm. Then you end up having the woman who has already had children before the husband came, who's supposed to be submitted to God. So when those things get out of order, mm-hmm. then it's harder to kind of throw those pieces in and then put them in order. Does that make sense? Right. Because a lot of these people these days, like you're saying, they're having kids, but then they're not together also. So it's kind of like moms, it's like they have God right there, and then it's mom, and then it's just children. Then sometimes it's just, then it's boyfriend that comes to being the husband, finally. And so trying to put all that mixed family together. Right. It, it does. It, it makes things, it makes things a little harder. more difficult to keep it in the order that God originally set it up for. <coughs> so when you think about throwing all those pieces together, right, mm-hmm. and they're not in order, <laughs> and and so it takes some work to shift those things in their proper position. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a woman who, okay, so say she's already had kids, so boom, that's already out of order. But when you when I have a woman who has kids, guess what she's used to doing? She's used to being the head. She's used to being the protector. Uh-huh. On top of being the nurturer and the caregiver. And then you join uh, men into this, into this position. So now she has to relearn to allow him to be the head. Correct. It's hard. Which is hard. It's very you hard. used to doing the with... same thing for years. Correct. You did not just stop <laughs> doing it. Like, you're going to want to keep doing it. It's very like, hard. The husband, I'm trying to be able to provide and take care of all of y'all. You need to, you know, try to allow, allow him to do that. But, but at the same token, that man has to submit to God. Yeah. God gives him the instructions on how to deal with his wife. Correct. Ephesians 5. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I just feel it. But that... Hey, that's the, I point. Mean, that's the point. But that is the struggles that we have in this time. That's why this is and important. I mean, this Bible is important, but a lot of people don't even think to read the Bible because... Nope. Some people just don't understand actually the Bible, and so, like, like there are now podcasts. You but but this is this. what this is what this is why it's it's important True. because it gives you instructions on how to do these things to make life easier for us. It's not to restrict us from doing anything or having fun or any of that. Right. These instructions are designed to make things easier and run smoother not mm-hmm. harder and so when we go against the yeah. instructions guess what you have stress. issues stress oh. chaos anxiety depression you you have all these other things that are allowed to come in right. and a lot of times when those things come in they overtake and they get so overwhelmed yeah So, 
we have instructions as well. And then that goes right into um, instructions for family as a whole. As well. So, Ephesians 5. Follow follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Mm -hmm. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. If it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated by That's a whole thing that is illuminated right there. becomes light. <laughs> this is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast right Be there. Be careful how you live then. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that is true. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from the Lord to from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then this goes on for Christian households for the whole family. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Okay. As you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her 
by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So, that's a, that was the passage I was looking for. Uh, that's the um, that's the husband side of and, and and I think a lot of times they they skip over that because they be so focused on do I submit to your husband but their responsibility is you love your wife all the way up to giving yourself for her and if we don't know what love is the last episode will tell you. And the Bible. You're responsible you. for her. You're supposed to treat her like you would treat yourself. Meaning, if you're not going to punch yourself in the face, you should not be punching on her. And we got stuff for children, too, Mr. Michael. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. He's not even listening. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Yes. So everybody has a role they're supposed to play. Everybody. Everybody got their instructions. They got, got their assignments. Colors. <laughs> it's colored. Well, not the whole book. I haven't gotten through the whole book yet, but it's getting there. Mm. That means I'll read this. That's a good that's a good word right there. And I think that if if each party so the one study um what wives are supposed to do and their responsibility, and if the husbands would study on and focus on what the husband's supposed to do and we're both working on what we supposed to be doing in this marriage then the pieces will come together it's only when we lose focus on that and we start pointing a finger at the other one well you not and 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 you not then we lose focus on one God and what his instructions were and then that's where you have the fall so um, marriage is <coughs> yeah I answered my question 
Marriage is the establishment between a man and a woman. Created by God, brought together by God. <coughs> it's a it's a locked partnership for life. You this is the person who you do life with. It's your life partner. Wanna call it that. It is a covenant which is more than just a relationship. Covenant, you you don't you don't you don't back out of the of the covenant. Covenant is, is locked. Because it is stronger than a pinky promise. <laughs> I mean it's it's a it's an establishment created and joined by God. There's nothing stronger than the love of God. I would agree with that. Not, nothing about marriage. Till I grew up, honestly. Actually, understanding. I mean, when we decided, yeah, I want to get married, I'm like, I need to really understand why I'm going to get married. I mean, I can't just, oh, I want to marry him because I would love him. I do love you, but I need to understand the reason of why I want to marry you. And ask God. That was my big thing. I wanted to make sure I was doing it correctly. If I just jumped in there because it just seemed like it's fun. <laughs> well, I'm saying that's I mean, what a lot of people do is just jump in it because they feel good. But then you. once they get in it, they're like, they're like, I don't like, don't like this. this. I didn't know you was going to do this. Why do I have to go through all this to be in a marriage? Mm -hmm. You think it would be more easier. But it's like you're going to have to go through the same so you change. I understood that. I'm not Christian's not gonna be the same person in the next two years. I'm not gonna be the next person in the next five years. It's stages and it's commitment. You have to commit to grow together. Yeah. Even in the hard and the rough patches. Mm. Final words. You want to wrap up? So I would say if you are thinking about or considering getting married, take some real time with your partner and study what it is your responsibilities would be to this marriage and really talk about that to decide on if this is something that y'all are really ready to be committed to doing and pray on it and ask God to show you and give you wisdom and direction on how to make your covenant be honoring to God. Yeah. Um First Kings had nothing to do with marriage. Uh what I read from First Kings had nothing to do with marriage. But y'all should read that too, and that'll probably be another episode because that mug is good. That thing is good. Same. So 
There's just a lot of sto- a lot of good stories in this book, and it and it's. I'm not saying read it all at yeah. the same time, but it's a lot of this. There's a lot of good stories in that book. And it's very interesting. You'll never be bored. I'm not a reader. I don't just pick up books and be like, let me read this and read 150 books a month or a year or whatever. I don't even really read one book a year, but that book is good. You sit in it and you get to reading it and it's good. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very um, fulfilling. It's got a lot of substance and guidance. That's a guy. Yeah. I'm probably one of the most annoying people to talk to when you uh, don't know nothing because I best believe I'm gonna pull something out that book. That that best believe I'm gonna pull something out that book. <laughs> so if you off and you don't want to hear, don't ask me because. My answer is going to come out that book. So. Yeah. That's submitted. And that's because you're the only one that knows what what you need to do to get to the best spot. He knows the best path. The best path. Yeah. So why not listen to the guy who knows where he's going? Who knows where you're going? Why are you a Christian part three? Let's go. <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> okay. Shout out to the merch. Oh, yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, Crammy. Uh, I don't know. Who else local? Or even if you're not local, but we got a whole conference coming up. Our wise warriors. It's not exactly sponsored by Fully Known or nothing, but Fully Known will be in the building. So. God is calling us in this time to not just not feel pain but to be healed and whole from the root so that we will not have pain and we'll be able to walk out the purpose that he's designed for us. So this conference, we are going to be getting in there, getting deep, and we're going to be setting some people free. So come on out, get your tickets, get your merch. I'm ready. I'm ready to purchase mine next week. I'm ready to see this. Got merch. <laughs> so, uh, if you like t-shirts, we got them. We got mugs. We got journals. Got it all. We don't. We don't. Got a word too. So, expecting God to be in the house. Yep. Yeah, so let's get it. Learn anything, if anything helped today. We know what to do. Go ahead and like, subscribe, 
share it to somebody who you believe uh, could really get something out of this and you think should hear this, share it to them. Put them in the comments. Put anything in the comments. If it sounded good, tell us. If it didn't sound good, tell us so we can get back in that word and get it right. Because that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to fully know God as he fully knows us. So, from the bottom, started from the bottom, but he's here. He's here. So, um, he's here. We need you to be here too. So, if you feel moved to support us, um, we do have a link to um, support us financially and support us socially. If you ain't got no money to give. Support us socially. Share. Uh, just follow us or subscribe and uh, let people know. If we're the content is the content's not great, but the word is great. And again, what we always say, he started from the bottom, but he's here. So support us in whatever way you can. That you can and uh, and be blessed. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. No. Come on. We'll see you. <laughs> Come on.